Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Movie Podders. This episode will be a movies with friends, um, with our mutual friend Robbo. Um, so let him introduce himself a wee bit. Tell me, tell you a little bit about himself. How you doing, Robbo? By the way, Ryan's here as well. <laughs> Forgot to right, mention hello. that. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. Evening, gents. Yep, yeah, uh, this is to all the millions of fans that the boys have around the the globe. Um, as Brian said, I'm Robbo. Um, otherwise known as Stuart. Known these guys since high school. So really excited to to get involved in the podcast and and shoot the breeze with all things film related. So, boys, I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah. Hey, um, Ryan. Just because I forgot you there. How you doing? Aye, no bad, no bad at all. Good. We we day after day, so I've been oh, nice. painting a spare room, so that's been enjoyable, as you can imagine. What colour? Um, lemon. Lemon? Lemon, mate. Mm. Yeah, neutral. That's well, it? That's not neutral. <laughs> that's your opinion. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that, I, don't, I think I'm in Robo's side here, I don't know if that's neutral. Mate, if it's any uh, <coughs> any consolation, I painted over a yellow living room when I moved out in this house because it was so offensive. <laughs> that is some consolation, I. <laughs> I'm sure it looks lovely though. <coughs> <coughs> oh, don't make me laugh too much because, like, as I was just saying to Robo before we come on there, and I said to you, Ryan, on the weekend's podcast, I fuck my coccyx and it genuinely hurts when I laugh. <laughs> Like it, it like vibrates all the way down to that bone. Right, so you're saying basically we can't have any humour <laughs> in the next... Yeah, that should be alright for you too. Oh, oh I brought it I, I mean... Oh. <laughs> right, so welcome to being a guest, uh, Robo. Thank like, you, Ryan. Where uh, you're uh, obviously complimented con- constantly through the podcast and everything, so... I will, uh, s- I will say, Robo, just put a, a little bit of conversation before we started... I understand you've done a bit of homework for this, which is really appreciated because the very first person to do this never never done any homework. Who, who would that be of you, out of curiosity? It would be a certain Mister Craig Fairbairn. Craig Fairbairn, I know him. I know him well. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Not surprising and, though. Yeah. Anyway, do you want to get started with the questions, please? Okay. Uh, so the first question that we have for yourself is: What was the first movie you saw at the cinema? Do you know when, when I was reading this right and I thought about the answer, do you know I couldn't actually remember what it was, which is quite ironic because that is what the question is, but I wrote down Home Alone 2, right? And <laughs> wasn't it that? Oh. Eh? Was it, was it Home Alone 2? Well, no, that's the first thing I wrote down was Home Alone 2, right? And I had this whole memory of going to Bank Street with my mate Tolly. Do you guys know Tolly? No, do you know him? No. Hey, I remember him. Uh, right. Craig Tolly, he's a character. But me, him and Fraser went to the, the Bank Street... Um, cinema went and watched it but then it dawned on me that it wasn't the first the first thing I went to see at the cinema was The Jungle Book really? aye and it was in were they doing like were doing like must have been re-shown it aye it must have been it was in Millport Um, because then I was thinking it it couldn't have been it couldn't have been Home on 2 so I got a flashback of seeing The Jungle Book on Millport <laughs> to be fair, if it was uh, Millport, it was probably the first time it was shown. It actually was, it was a new release, and uh, <laughs> this this, uh, this new band called the Beatles were the Vultures. It was amazing. It was great. Excellent. It was great. How do you how do you feel about the Jungle Book as a thirty two year old? The same as I did as a, like a six year old. It was all right. What's your favourite song in it? 
Good question. That probably King of Swingers in it gets to the top, has to stop. Mm. That's bothering him. He's, he's raging. He's nowhere to go. You know what I mean? He's hit the top. That's a good song. It's one of Matt's probably my favourite as well. Closely followed by Bare Necessities. That's the standard, though, isn't it? That's the standard. Yeah, but if it's if it's good, it doesn't matter if it's the standard. Well, in fact, this will go to Fiona if she's listening when she gets to hear it. But the old trust in me, uh, she actually does that impression quite a lot. But that wouldn't uh, that would, um, mean anything to you guys. But if Hiss... No, not Hiss. Who's the guy? <laughs> What's the snake called? Uh, Remember? The snake. Uh, not sure. Ka. Isn't it? Yes, is it Ka, is it? Ah, he's about a slippy customer, that guy. Yes. <laughs> so. Did you see the uh, New Jungle book? Aye, I liked it. How fucking big was that gorilla, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Aye. I thought I thought as I thought they overdone that a wee bit. As I knew it was going to be big, but that was that was. How did he get in the cave? How, how did he get into that building he was in? I think first of all, it was an orangutan. It wasn't a gorilla. I right, cheers, Roll Paris. But did they did, did they did they build that? Did they build that temple around him? He was because he, he couldn't fit in the door. Do you remember? No, you're right. And then when he goes to grab him, it's just his arm that comes out the window. How did how well. how'd he get in? Anyway, as a wee as a wee question for you boys to to figure out when you've got, you got five minutes. <laughs> Robbo said he was going to do a disclaimer at the start of the show about that he might oh. he might drop some swear words. Uh, can I just apologise in advance and after that swear I did there? I, I might just, but it's natural though. It's fine. Don't no, worry. it's like punctuation. It's not. It, it really is actually. It's just accentuate. It's never at anybody really. It's just more of a descriptive. Adjective of like the size of the griller, for example, it's fucking big. You know what I mean? Is what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what I mean. So just don't worry, relax. It goes away. Excellent. Oh, brilliant. So um, uh, that's a question. Was the Jungle Book um, on Millport? Yeah. Brilliant. I was not expecting that answer. Um, not, not certainly not the Millport part. Anyway, that's. I think I've ever heard of anybody. I don't know. They had such facilities in Millport. To... Neither did I. Did you have a cycle around Millport the same day? Ah, well, my grandpa used to live on it. Uh, in fact, it's funny because I was telling a story to kids at work the other day. I've got two memories of Millport. One was the Jungle Book, and the second was me and Fraser, my brother, for those who don't know. Um, we went and caught crabs, right? Not STD crabs, actually crabs. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the beach, just to clarify for those that aren't sure. Uh, we went and caught crabs, right? The animal crabs with the claws and stuff on the beach. And we put them in, do you remember the buckets and spades you had, but the, the bucket was an actual castle-shaped bucket? Aye. Uh, rubbish, aye. right? We, we put five crabs in this thing. Walked back to my grandpa's, like, can I stay in like, can I, a flat, can I tenement flat thing? And put it in his bathtub, thinking they'd be safe in there till the next morning. Woke up the next morning in the bathroom. There was no crabs to be seen. Didn't tell my grandpa, but we, we don't know where they went. <laughs> and and that's the only two memories I've got of, <laughs> of Milpot. It's a good memory. Brilliant. Yeah, two in it, Jungle Book and Crabs, so. Yeah. I've only got one real memory of Millport and it involves a certain Mr. Craig Fairbairn. That was <laughs> yes. amazing. I always just do it, suddenly fall on the back, back or something. He, he was, we were walking alongside the road and he was really close to the edge where there was like a wee hill. Aye. And he fell down and landed in his back. Right, because he had a backpack on, he couldn't get back up. Well, <laughs> just like, aye. And we were all obviously in st- stitches because it was hilarious. But he didn't find it that funny. <laughs> Wonder why though. 
was that was good. It was so good. Like uh, last year, me and my dad went a wee cycle round Millport or Cumbria or whatever you want to call it. How big is it, man? Now as an adult, because it's, it's, like, it's, it's big I think it's like kid, nine nine miles round or something like that. It's not that big at all. Ah, that's all right, isn't it? Um, and when we were cycling past that wee bit, I just couldn't help but just burst into laugh. <laughs> Whilst I was just thinking a fair burn on his back, <laughs> his wee, wee arms and legs <laughs> flailing about. God. Uh, amazing. Okay, so the second question, what was the last movie you saw at the cinema? I, I bet you can guess, guys. Honestly, I probably don't even need to tell you. What do you think, what do you think the last film I saw? Thanks, Bester. You're going to throw it back at you. What did you reckon? <laughs> what did you reckon the, the last film I saw at the cinema was? I wish it was something... Well, I'm going to say Star Wars, but nah. I'm hoping it's Jumanji. Nah, it was Star Wars. I, uh, I think that was it. Star Wars, Last Jedi. Brilliant. Really good. But the only thing is, we're no further forward with this story. I mean, that whole bit could have been cut and we're still trying to deal with this guy. What's his face? Um, Han Solo's boy, remember? Kylo Ren. Aye, he's still a bit of... A pain in the backside, but uh, that was good. I enjoyed it. Um, we kind of sat through it and we kind of guessed, oh, he's going to turn to the bad, good side and she'll turn to the bad side and kind of get bits wrong. It was good, but the bit that I did guess, actually, I was quite proud of myself. Do you remember when Skywalker, and it's a spoiler alert, actually, for those who haven't seen it yet, spoiler <laughs> alert for those listening in. Do you remember the bit when Skywalker is, uh, he gets in the cave Straight off the bat, I was like, right, he isn't even in here. That's not actually him. Because A, he looked younger. His beard looked magnificent. It was brilliant. <laughs> and then he started... Uh, there was something to do with the, the salt. It was red. And he was making no footprints. And yeah. I just remembered... Oh, I never noticed that. No, no, in my star was, I thought, it's a projection. And it was a projection. But as a wee... Uh, a wee kind of... I guessed that. I kind of guessed that was the case. So, But um, what do you think of that, guys? I take it you've seen it. Uh, we both generally in the camp of loving it. Yeah, I've few got problem, a few problems with it, but oh, in general, I've got a couple it. of wee gripes with it, and uh, it was. I thought the humour was used wrong. Yeah, do you think a so? Of, there's one bit just after the scene, you're, the bit you're talking about, where Skywalker's attacked by like loads of guns. Yeah, I know and he like, does say. a wee brushes his, the dust off his shoulder, sort of thing. Aye, I hated it. Hated that scene. You see the bit where uh, Kylo, just uh, that exact same bit when Kylo Ren's like, I want everything we've got and shoot him to bits. And the guy's standing like a foot away and goes, everything we've got, shoot him to bits. And then they look at him. It's not, that's not what the Star Wars is about. It's kind of like, they're trying to be funny. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. I, I don't know. To me, it was a bit, but overall, I, I love Star Wars. Because I think Star Wars, do you know what Star Wars I think is one of the most positive films? I think that's why it's so big. Um, what's that? The what's the other one? There wasn't it Rogue One. What was the one before that? Force Awakens. Uh, Force Awakens. Aye. Do you know? And it's, it's the same with all of them, right? Same with Han Solo type thing. See when they get into a situation that they they don't know what they're doing, they're just so amazingly positive. I watched it like I actually watched it with Fiona, and we're sitting there, and uh, they jump in the Millennium Falcon. The two Ray and Finn never seen it before. Don't know what the hell this thing is, and they've not a clue what they're doing. But they're like, I've got this, I've got this, I can do it. I can, and they're just, I, everything about Star Wars is just the most positive, optimistic version of it. You never get the guys sitting in there going, I've not a clue. I'm, boys, two seconds now, just look, get the manual, have a look. How do you start this thing? Is it clutching? What's going on here? They, just, they get on with it. Do you know what I mean? It's brilliant. So I'm a big That's fan. Good. Big fan of the optimism. 
Yeah, no, Star Wars is great. I think one of the things that's great about Star Wars is that it, it's probably one of the very few movies that, like, who's it for? Like, most movies you, you would be like, this this is for adults, this is for teenagers, this is for kids. But Star Wars is generally for everybody of, of like, all ages. Because it, there's no... There's, there's violence in it, but it's not, like, over-the-top violence where like, you wouldn't want to show to children or whatever. Mm-hmm. Aye, yeah, you're right, mate. Uh, that's that was great. I, I really liked The Last Jedi. Like I say, there is some problems, but in general, I think it's excellent. Uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. And it's, it's one of those ones, and it? it's when you're sitting there and you just hear that opening riff. You just get a smile. I was sitting like a wee kid, smiling away with a big cheese. Yeah. Just sitting there, loving it, eating my nachos. It was great. <laughs> we, we, I spoke about this on the last movie with friends with Ben but without really giving any anything away did you enjoy the scene with the Petronian guards uh, who are they again Robbie the guys in red oh well do you know what that kind of threw me a bit because I then don't know who they were but <laughs> I think they'd make a great backing dance uh, kind of like combo do you think they'll kind of move in a way that is like kind of I mean you can imagine like Kylo Ren just kind of like Frank Sinatra and then in the back just kind of just like kind of female versions of them just kind of with the gloves up to the elbows, dancing. I think so. No, I can, I can definitely see that. Eh? But as a movie character, I don't really know what's going on. I think they are. Are they going to be? Are they good guys or bad guys? Bad guys. I like them anyway. I like them. Uh, me too. I like them as well. Aye. Uh, no, it's good. I, I hope. I hope this guy goes a bit evil in the next one, Kylo Ren. And you know, I've got a theory. Well, I think it's blown out the water. But I reckon Finn is Lando Calrissian's boy. And that's not a spoiler. That's not being confirmed. But I reckon that's who that is. <laughs> well, lo- lots of people have not so much since the Force Awakened came out, but before the Force Awakened was was out, lots of people were were saying that as well. But could Kenobi could, could Kenobi be uh, Ray's <clears throat> grandfather or something? No, I don't know. I think she's nobody. I think yeah, and I hope I hope she's nobody as well. I soon. All right. Same with, same with Finn, I, I don't want him to be Lando's son either. I think just what you were saying as well, you were talking about it's how... Like, a bit of Jeremy Kyle here, isn't it? Who get the, <laughs> no. get the uh, lie detector, turns out actually Lando, you are the father. <laughs> no! no but see, what, see what you were saying at the start though, Robbo, like, it's yeah. not really followed the story anymore. No, that's it. Like, I think to follow the story, you need to get away from characters that have that been in so many episodes already. Oh, aye. Yeah. I think you're right, actually. But I think there's something coming because um, Kylo Ren knows. I've got a funny feeling he knows who Ray's. Well, he seems to be letting that impression get out there. Maybe he's just doing a bit of mind psychology with her, but he seems to like, oh, I can tell you who your parents are. And then it cut away. It's like, keep with that. That was quite interesting there. <laughs> Jumbo, Jumbo, he was saying there, and she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, he yeah. said that there were nobody. They were. They were um... Aye, but he was bluffing. Um, Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's good. <laughs> you can, Ryan. You can move on to your third question now that you are so eager oh, to get to. Oh, can I? Thank you. Aye, uh, seamless. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, third question: What's your favourite childhood movie? Do you know? Do you know? I, I, I got this question. I thought you could take it. You could can I interpret that in so many different ways. Um, can I? Can I have a wee stab at this? Uh, but yeah, of course. By all means. Well, sorry, I butted in there. You can can keep going now, but I, I think I would like a wee guess at this one. Me too. Right, I, tell I, you what I, then, boys, that's a great wee game. Uh, you can guess, and I'll give you the, the answer if you... Uh, okay, if you get it right, 
Great. If you don't get it right, I'll still give you the answer. So there you go. Win win. <laughs> Good. I'm gonna go with there's there's a few I wanted to pick, but I'm gonna settle on Back to the Future. Very good, yeah. Uh, okay. That or Indiana Jones, I think. Do you know, gents, that they are obviously up there, but I, I didn't I didn't choose those because they kind of come under my category of just all time favourites. So it was yeah. that, is that word childhood, and it was one that was a film that when I was a kid that I loved. But I wouldn't watch it now. But as a kid, I genuinely loved the film. And it was Hook. Hook, remember? Oh, right, Hook? yeah. That's a good yeah. choice. Bring me Peter Pan. Remember? <laughs> Big Dustin Hoffman. He was, he was the best, the best Captain Hook there's ever been. He was better than the guy in the cartoon. That's how good he was at being Captain Hook. <laughs> I really enjoyed your impression there, by the way. You're Peter. You're Peter. <laughs> Honestly, it was just that was, that was, and I think I don't know if he got nominated, but he was such a great character in that. Uh, it's just so funny, like these wee bits where uh, he was talking to Smee, who was a huge cast. You had Robin Williams, Julia Roberts, who looked rather smoking in that little suit. Uh, you had um, Dustin Hoffman, obviously. You had Robin Williams, um, huge big cast. I uh, folk in that. Um, no, but I loved it. it just, it's all we kind of subtle things, but then. As a kid, I loved that idea that, well, I love Peter Pan, that idea of where's Neverland? And look at the sky, it's second star on the right and straight on to morning. Those directions don't make any sense, but to a kid, that's amazing. Go to that star and how'd you get there? Just keep going to morning and you'll be there. So it's not distance and time, it's just like, go there till the sun comes up. There's something about that that's amazing, how to get to Neverland. And they get there, and it's the idea they can think of a good thought and fly, they can crow... Uh, the Lost Boys are wee scamps running about, wee rascals kind of just causing mayhem. And you've got the bad pirates that are up to no good. Um, I loved it. And uh, the scene that I liked the best in that whole film, when Peter gets his, his flying kind of like abilities back, was great. And I think his, his happy thought was his boys, which was great. Nice wee kind of um, nod to that. But it was the bit where they're having their, their food. Do you remember that scene? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, there's nothing. It's probably the most famous scene. It's good, isn't it? And there's no food in the plates yeah. and then they can just imagine it and then he starts, and he gets it back when he pings the food and it smacks him in the face. Yeah. And I loved it. So for me, it's, it's Hook. It is Hook. Uh, it had everything. It was like just imagination all the way through. Um, Dustin Hoffman, I think, was great in it. The, just the script and everything was great. I loved it. So yeah, it's Hook. But I took that to mean like, for me, I took that to be like, the favourite film like as a kid that I liked as a kid. As an adult, it's a wee bit different. I probably wouldn't watch it now. I wouldn't go back and watch it anymore. But as a kid, I just loved the possibility you can get to a different world by just going to a place and waiting till the sun comes up and you'll be there. I just loved yeah. that. Just amazing. So, uh, Hook. That is, nice. it was big. It was big. It was Spielberg as well. I say I actually looked at yeah. it. It's absolutely huge. Um, I say some of the kind of some of the, the scenes. I remember the scene where um, I think he's going to shoot his head. He's kill himself because he was so annoyed he couldn't fight Peter Pan because he had grown up to be like Robin Williams. And he's like, ah, it's me, Smee, don't try and stop me, Smee, don't try, try and try and stop me, Smee. And he t- turns <laughs> and it's just hilarious because he's like, okay, I'll leave you, I'll let you shoot yourself. And then he says. Try and stop, and then he goes and it's me. Try and stop, and goes back. It's just, it's just the, I, the humor. Everything was great, so I love it. Right. Hook, nice. That's a good choice. Good, yeah. Unexpected, but then with the other movies that are your kind of favorites, like things like Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, mm. that sort of fantasy type realm. Yeah, seems to be your 
your thing, Robo. Oh, thanks very much, Brian. Very astute of you to notice. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good uh, answer, I like that. <laughs> uh, right, we'll move on then. So, next question. What's the worst movie you've ever seen and it's one that you actually hate? Do you know what? I, I, can, I, can I just expand this to two? Because I've got one. I've got one that I'm just going to tell you what it is, and I'm not fucking saying anything else. Cause it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it actually, just the thought of this, the fact that I had to Google, I had to IMDb this right to get the name, <laughs> just to tell you I hate it. And I'm not going to say anything more because it doesn't deserve any more of my oxygen. But then I'm going to give you the one that is my official. I hate. I hate these movies. I hate them like, with a passion. But I'll talk about them because I think it's my fault rather than the films. But anyway, the film that I hate. More than like, even Hitler, right? It's <laughs> in fact. I tell you what, guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a kind of teaser here. Hugh Jackman is in it, right? Anybody want to get a uh, wee guess for, for Swordfish? I like Swordfish because Halle Berry um, <laughs> is is in it. We're having it. So uh, yeah, what, I, I like Halle Berry's in it. We're tap Is that why? That's you like it? that's the scene that I like best. Yep, definitely. Um, no, it's not uh, Swordfish. This something. I hope to quite, I hope you haven't seen it. The Fountain. No, I've never uh, seen it. Yeah. Well, well gentlemen, you know what? And listeners listening to this, I'm not even going to go any further because it was horrendous. So that The Fountain, Hugh Jackman. And the one that, the actual film I want to talk about is um, my official one that I, I tell folk. I actually have arguments with higher students in class and I've got time to argue <laughs> with them. Lord, Lord of the Rings. Oh, no, no, you're right, man. Come on. Gentlemen, gentlemen. I believe this is a podcast to air opinions and have discussion. Informed discussion. Every now and again, we just have to rebuke people. Yeah. Tell you what, guys, I'll do a deal, right? Can I get through my soliloquy of why I hate this? And then you can jump in and say why I'm wrong. I did admit, I did admit, I think it's partly my own fault because I assumed what the ending was going to be. And when it didn't happen, I hated the film. So, right, okay. Now, I'm going to kind of, again, I'll, I'll just kind of question you as is in my nature, as my job, but can you remember the very first scene of Lord of the Rings? I know I'm putting you in the spot, right? But you are a movie podcast guy, so you should know. Yes. <laughs> what is it, Ryan? Ryan, Ryan I don't, but I, I imagine Ryan will. Ryan. It's like the battle with Sauron. Yes. Now, Ryan, for those uninformed viewers that you'll not have, but just in case a listener doesn't know, who is Sauron? Um, he's like a dark witch, if I remember rightly. But I'm, I've read the books and stuff, so I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to pull my knowledge for that. Tell you what, no, I'll take that. He is, I can't he's, remember. He's a bad guy, isn't he? He's not, he's not <laughs> even. He's not even a good guy done wrong. He's just pure bad, isn't he? He's a baddie. Hi. And at the beginning, what happens to him? What happens to him? He gets his finger chopped off. And what what falls from his finger? A ring. Right. Then where does he end up? By the way. Uh, trapped in a tower. Right, he became the eyeball, didn't he? Aye. Right, then I am... Well, that's the eye of Sauron, so... so it's Sauron. Sauron's eye, aye. So he basically keeps a wee eye out for this ring. He's like, guys, if you see the ring, give me a shout. I'll identify <laughs> the ring, and if it's my ring, I'll send these ring race after it, because I want the fucking ring back, because it's mine. Somebody stole it off me. Some wee goblin guy nicked it off me. And that's Gollum, right? Now, my anger with this whole franchise is... Now, I hadn't read the book, so it's probably my own fault, and it most likely is, but... He gets the ring nicked off him. Then he gets trapped in a tower. So he's like, it starts off with the meanest, baddest, scariest thing the world's ever seen for a couple of minutes. Chops his finger off, luckily. He loses the ring, gets put in this 
prison, and the whole now what are they like ten hours long each? So for thirty hours you're sitting in the cinema, and you're watching them try not to let that eyeball get your ring back. So what do you think? Well, what I think as the viewer, I'm thinking this is getting this is all right. It's good. See when he gets that ring back, he's going to be furious. Things <laughs> things are going to get destroyed. This is going to and then. Surely he'd be delighted once he gets his ring. Oh back. no, no! But he's he's been in that tower for a long time, as far as I can. Right. I mean, I was in the cinema for a long time, and he's been in that <laughs> tower for longer. So he must be fuming, because I was fuming anyway. So when he got that back, I was assuming that he was going to go a bit nuts. But the third one was called what? Return of the King. I thought he's going to come back. Aragon's going to go one to one. It'll be like WrestleMania. He'll smash him with a chair, get the bad guy killed, and then get the ring destroyed. None of it happened. Now, I know I didn't read the books right, but the equivalent of what happened in that film, to me, the fact that Sauron never came back, didn't even make like a cameo up. It was an eyeball for the whole thing, right? Didn't do anything. That is the equivalent of going to see Jaws and never seeing the shark. Mm, I don't know if I agree with that. No, I wouldn't. Also, I mean, Return of the King was all about Aragon. Well. And I I feel like the second one was setting that up for us as well. I uh, no, I like Aragorn, but I, I like Aragorn better if he defeated Sauron in a, like a one-to-one battle. I just, I don't know. I just thought because the I was a wee bit thinking, fucking hell, I'm scared. Oh, so, I, I'm so scared let, of his eyeball. What's it going to be like when so he comes let, back? So let's take so let's take the third one out of it just now. How do you feel about the first and the second? No, it, it, that's the thing. Like on their own, they're not a complete like it's not a complete film in its own because they are. The whole yeah. the whole premise is, see that eyeball? Hide when he's looking at you. Don't give him the ring back. Don't even let him see you've got a ring. Stay away from the eyeball. Because he's always the bad news, but he never comes back. That's the thing. I was kind of expecting him to come back and just cause a bit of havoc, really, and then Aragorn can stab him with something and that would be it done. But... Well, well, the ring had to go in. What's, what was the name of it? Was it Mordor? Mordor, I. I know, I, I know but I, I fully expected that. Like, I wasn't under any illusion. So would he like fall into that? With the ring on still. Do you know what? Do you, do you know what? To me, it, it seemed like to me, right? And this is just outside the looking, and I don't write books, right? But I teach for a living, and I've said to kids in my classroom, uh, guys, that's five minutes left, so if you haven't started the conclusion, now's probably a good time to actually do that. And what you see is wee hands moving faster than the speed of light, and you get the worst ending to an essay ever. I think that Tolkien guy was the same. He was fanning about, writing these books, and then suddenly went on the phone, Tolkien, mate. <laughs> The, the deadline's Friday he's like I, no I know I know and he just wrote right they all lived happily ever after they had a fireworks thing Gandalf was loving it Frodo got his toenails cut or whatever he had to get done and that was it it was rubbish that's my personal opinion <laughs> the deadline's Friday <laughs> that's what I think happened he's sitting one day on the phone or a telegram whatever it was back in days like that talking just so you're aware, obviously, I don't need to tell you this, Tolkien, because it's like, Tolkien, you're aware that it's Friday, so we look forward to reading the finalised thing. <laughs> and he's like, shh, aye, okay, yeah, I've got this, it's done, I'm, just, I'm rereading it for the tenth time, it's done. And he just scribbled anything. That's why you never come back. Tolkien, what's he like here? One of the biggest flaws with like the story is the fact that easily could have just got the eagles to fly in, like... Take yeah. Frodo, take the ring, drop the ring off, and away you go, and that's it, done me. But would be easy, wouldn't it? Yeah. We'll save you about 20 yeah. quid in theatre tickets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, no, it's storytelling. Don't get me wrong. I, as you can I said, Robbie, I like a wee bit of 
the imagination. I like the idea of it though. But I was, I was genuinely disappointed because I was, I kind of built it up to see the third one. I invested all this time because I don't know if you guys came with us, but a group of us used to go every Christmas time. And uh, I remember going to see the third one. Aye, at Kilmarnock. That's right. Aye, were you? Run about. I think it was just between Christmas and New Year. Right. If I remember correctly. Aye, we were like a Jennifer and Kirsty and all the folk like that. for the, the school and stuff. And Ross and Derek was there as well. I remember big group of us. And um, that was. I, I honestly, we'd invested this. We think done it as a wee group. Quite enjoyed it. Um, but I think it was, uh, don't get me wrong, it's probably my own stupid, um, like kind of projecting my image of what I thought would happen, was going to happen, which you shouldn't really be doing, but I, I did think every other film I'd seen, you, you do see the bad guy, like Alien, I like, got to see Aliens, and I was like, what, what's that thing with it, did you, did you catch that? No, it's too fast, you always see it, do you know what I mean? You always see yeah. the baddie, and um, I don't know. I, just... I, feel, I feel though for you, a better question would have been, What's your most disappointing movie? Do you want to change the question? No, no, I'm just saying, though, like, it feels like that's why you're so upset with it, that you're disappointed in it more than you think it's a bad movie. Well, that, well, that was really, do you know what it was? I'm only going to repeat the Hugh Jackman film again because it's not worth it. Because <laughs> I just didn't want to talk about that. Yeah, that's fair enough. So I thought I'm just going to have a wee quick sideways glance at Lord of the Rings. And then... That's quite good because I don't think anyone will see Lord of the Rings on... No. On this, well, they should because it's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> official, that's uh, it's official, it's official. Uh, right, okay, we'll move on in for that. Uh, so, what's your favourite um, male or female actor? You can answer for um, just one of them, or you can answer for both. Oh, get up, yeah. No, I've got it. Um, tell you what, in the in the spirit of the show, you want to have a wee guess again? You speak like that, or? Oh. This is why I struggle with you. Ah. I'm going to go Harrison Ford. Okay. I'll go Tom uh, Hanks. Tom Hanks. And, mm. uh, I don't know, Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, hi. She's yeah, nice, but she's nice, but no. I don't think you guess either of them, boys. I don't think you would. Uh, for, the, for the man, Paul Newman. Love him. Oh, yes, okay. Paul, honestly, love Paul Newman. See, um, it's not made my list, but The Sting... The Sting for me is one of the best. It's probably my second favourite film. You guys seen that, The Sting? Aye, I watched it after you told me to watch it. I think I stayed at yours one night. I did, says, Like, I've been watching it and I went home and watched it and I loved it. I loved it. Do you know what it is? And, and as him and Robert Redford, and obviously they kept this going with uh, Butch Cast and the Sundance Kid, um, or maybe that came first, I don't know, but the. It's the, it's the, but again, it was the character that he played in The Sting that I loved. And because of that, I started watching all of his films. But. Paul Newman for me is the quintessential actor because when you watch Paul Newman and whatever film he's in, you're not watching Paul Newman. You're watching um, Eddie Felson in The Hustler. You're watching him. Uh, he was in that and he got his Oscar for The Colour of Money. Same character but an older version. And it was great how the character kind of evolved as well. And it's the same character but it's never Paul Newman. Um, Butch Cassidy, he's clearly Butch Cassidy. You don't see Paul Newman. It sounds daft but when I'm watching him I just think he really immerses himself in the role. Um, I imagine a lot of what Paul say like Daniel Day-Lewis because he is probably the best actor ever that's ever existed. But for me I think Paul Newman I just love I just love what he does just dead good and the best film I've seen him in quite a scary character he was but he wasn't meant to be scary he just had that old school authoritarian attitude he was in um, Cars Road to Perdition Cars uh, it was Road, Road to Perdition he was the the, kind of the head of the family 
and he was just very, very scary, very quiet, softly spoken, but you just don't cross with this guy. So uh, Paul, Paul yeah. Newman for me is the best. <coughs> um, and for for the female actor, um, I really liked the woman that played Mrs. Doubtfire. She was really good. <laughs> I thought, uh, no, uh, I put uh, Judy Dench. Right. I like her. Any roles in particular with Judy? Take a guess, though. It probably is take a guess because it is fairly obvious. Uh, Close. It's not air. I'm trying to think of air. anything that's not uh, James Bond. Well, that's what it was. James Bond. Uh, but I've seen her in other things as well. I just think she's got a good attitude. She's not. <laughs> but, but when you look at Judy Dench, she, I like watching her not because she's pretty. And that's one of the things I think that certain leading ladies have to kind of deal with that they're, they're put in because they're attractive. And obviously the guys will be the same because women are watching like DiCaprio and that because they're good looking. But Tom Hanks doesn't really have that later on. He's not kind of traditionally good looking. He's just a great actor. Right. But <clears throat> Judy Dench for me, I just think she's a great actress. She's just, she's good. I watched her in Mrs. Brown's Boys, uh, Mrs. Brown's Boys, Mrs. Brown. She played uh, Queen Victoria. Yeah, she's really, she's really good. She, put, she good. reprised that role of Queen Victoria. She, she did last year, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, I think it was the, oh, the, yeah. the story of uh, Victoria and uh, Abdul, Indian lover. Yep, yeah, I've seen that as well, yeah. and it's kind of history based. But I do, I just like her, and I think um, maybe it's because she's a, I've seen her in things where she's a bit, she's been a bit older. She's not, I'm not being rude, but she's not, she's not been acting and getting far based on her looks only, like um, Megan Fox, for example. She's just a great actress. I like her. Megan Fox is one of the worst actors in the whole wide world. Orlando Bloom's the worst. Mm, I like Legolas, so... Nah, I'm hit or miss me. He was good in the... Um, did you ever see uh, Kingdom of Gods? No. Nah. I've heard that's good. I've not seen it, though. Yeah, he's good in that. Maybe he gave it a chance. It was because he was... It was just past Caribbean. I saw him in a couple of other things. And yeah. <clears throat> I just thought he was horrendous. So I, I thought, think he's good in Troy as well. That's the one I thought he was poor in. Oh, yeah, he's alright. Really poor in oh, but Troy. But he's, like he's like a wee Weasley guy that you're meant to really dislike. I disliked him anyway. So, <laughs> so he, he, played, he played that part really well. <laughs> Judy Dench, though, I'm really surprised at that. I, mean, I think Judy yeah. Dench is an ex- excellent actress, but... I don't know if it's just because the films she's in, they're not really. There would be nowhere near my top 50, 100 no, favourite movies. You know, I think it's more of a recent thing, Robbie, because, like I say, it's just been that. Obviously, in, in um, your James Bond series, more of the Daniel Craig ones, I love that, the kind of relationship they've yeah, got. Yeah, yeah. A bit but, more of a serious tone in those. Aye, but, but they, they, they got on really well, those two characters. Like, they, they like to hate each other. Like, it's almost like they're like a family almost. They've got a wee digs at each yeah, other. So they, they get on. I like that. But I like her in that because she's got that about her that I can imagine her being like that. I've seen her on chat shows as well. I just really like her attitude. Um, but as well, I see, I've seen her in um, Mrs. Brown and then the reprisal with. Uh, the kind of the Indian love interest that happened as well. I just I've just seen a lot of things recently, and I just I just like her. Just, I really like Fair her. Enough. Yeah, brilliant. Great. Oh, nice. Quite like that. Yeah, it's too good. Two two good answers. Thank you. Yeah. Um. All right. Next one. Then hit us up with a film that you haven't seen but you've always wanted to. This might surprise you. Um. I bet you guys have seen it, and I've always wanted to see it, but I just haven't had. The time, or I can't forget that I want to see it and then don't get around to it. And I can't really say any more because I haven't seen it, but it's, um, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a clue Guy Pierce. Oh, Memento. That's it, Ryan. Oh, Memento. I've never. I was starting to say Snatch there, I don't know what I was thinking of. No. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, seen, I've seen Snatch. But yeah, Memento. Oh, 
I'd love to see it, but um, I know the premise that it's something to do with um, he's lost his memory, but he knew he was going to lose it, so he's given himself clues and some along those lines. And but I just haven't got around to watching it, so I need to. <clears throat> it's in my top ten movies of all time, Robbo. Oh well, do you know what I mean, mate? So I, I'm, I'm quite glad you're surprised. If not, may I dare say a bit uh, angered by the fact I haven't seen it because it's your no, top I, ten. But um, yeah, I only. S- I only saw it for the first time maybe two or three years ago. Aye, and is that good? It's in your top ten. Yeah, like oh, I've heard good things, mate. But I just I've never I just, got into it. I mean, it's getting to the stage where Christopher Nolan, uh, who directed it, is probably my fa- getting to the stage where he's soon going to be my favourite director. I think if he another couple of movies at the same sort of standard, and yeah. I don't know how I would be able to say he's not. Who's he knocking but, off his perch or her perch? Who's your top now? Um, obviously Spielberg's up there. Um, there's a guy I like just now. Who's the guy that I've only seen a couple of his films? Um, did Sicario and Wind River. Do you remember I like his name? Sicario, oh, that was good. Yeah. Um. um oh my God. Uh, Dennis uh, Villeneuve. Uh, oh, aye. I just Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Yeah, yeah. Alright. Um, if you like Sicario, Rob, you should watch Wind River. Has Sicario got a sequel as well? Yeah, yeah it's coming out, coming out uh, yeah. this year. Aye, she's nice, isn't she? Hey, I'm blunt. <laughs> she, she is. I don't know her personally, but I'm sure she's lovely. <laughs> you don't know if she's not been on the podcast, no? Has she not been on the <laughs> Not yet, no. She keeps knocking us back, doesn't she? she? Uh, oh, he did, a, he did a rival as well. Hey, hi, Denny Villeneuve, hi. Um, can't remember what he's doing next. It's something, I'm pretty sure it's something big again. I can't remember what it is, though. Uh, he's done prisoners. Yeah, that was good as well. Yeah, him. He's he's like another one. Like he's, I think that I've got like kind of three stages at the moment. So like Spielberg's probably all time best, but then Nolan's like getting there. Like he's just constantly banging out like amazing films. I think, and then you've got like the newcomers like Denis Villeneuve and um, Damien Chazelle, um, the guy who did like La La Land and Whiplash. Like they, I think Edgar Wright as well. Aye, I got right, yeah. So. Just there's only, I mean, especially three of it. He's done five movies, and three of them are like unbelievable. Um, with Baby Driver, Scott Pilgrim, and Shaun of the Dead. Driver, uh, Driver, is that the Gosling? No, ba- no, 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 Baby Driver. Oh, Baby Driver, right, and that. Go- Gosling's is just called Drive. Do you know he was close to being my number one actor? By the way, just to go back to yeah, that we, one. We, uh, we, we, you guys love him, that you going to say? Yeah, we've both jumped on the Gosling train uh, recently. Do you know a film I like the best, and it's probably, you can probably guess from the fucking job that I do that I liked him in, but Half Nelson. Brilliant. I've not seen Half Nelson. Oh, mate. Nah, I've never seen it. Boys, 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 boys. Get it watched. Um, <laughs> oh, you'll love it. It's, he's basically a teacher um, who, it's one of these films that just goes nowhere and ends nowhere, but you're just compelled to watch it. It's just the kind of... It's a, a teacher's going through a bit of kind of like, not a tough personal time, but it's kind of mundane, his life's mundane and a couple of things happen, not big things, but it just, it goes from like really mundane to just being like less mundane, <laughs> mundane but you just watch it, it's a bit like Drive, like um, nothing great happens, he doesn't, he's not in a better situation, in fact, if it's worse at the end because he's like shot to shit, but like it's that <laughs> way that you just watch him, but I like him, he's a good actor. But he was, no, he's, he was he's excellent. We could do... Like he's got a, like I hate using this language, but he's got a big range in terms of like oh, aye. he can do everything like this. He's not limited to the Ides of March. The kind of movies he's in. Aids of March with George Clooney. 
It's politi- yeah. political. It was, it was I don't, fantastic. I don't really watch George Clooney movies, to be fair. Well, this wasn't that's the thing. It was when Clooney, after Clooney did all of his like, One Fine Day and stuff like that, it was after all that rom-com stuff. Um, like Clooney's running for office in the US presidential election um, and Gosling as his uh, campaign manager. But he just plays... Right. Like, it's, a, it's fantastic. I like my politics anyway, and it is quite a kind of yeah. behind-the-curtain look at how politics works. But... The thing I like about Gosling is he doesn't trade on his looks, even though he's a handsome guy. He doesn't. That's not why folk go and see him. I don't think because I would. Oh, no. I would go and see Gosling, but I wouldn't go and see like a. Um, who's a, who's a kind of... I think though. I think I think all good actors and actresses get labelled with that when if they are if if they're a good actor or a good actress and they're good looking, they get labelled with that. The first few movies they do, like DiCaprio, I can always remember at school nobody liked him. Because everyone just thought he was some sort of pretty boy. Brad Pitt's the same thing. Um, she never really got it, but Jennifer Lawrence could have got it as well. Like mm-hmm. until people watch more of their films and they're in, they're actually like, no, actually these guys are like, excellent. DiCaprio's not. Just don't be silly. No, honestly, Robbie, he's, 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 I know, I know, it's opinions <laughs> and stuff, <laughs> right? No, don't be no, 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 I'm not having this. No, no, don't, don't be silly, gentlemen, gentlemen. <laughs> Can I just? How many Oscars has the man won? He's won one. Four. Yeah, uh, the Revenant. Now that's the only film he has. Yeah, but then when you look about the things that he's went up against, like <clears throat> he went up against Matthew McConaughey when he did uh, Dallas Buyers Club. He's went up against Daniel Day Lewis a couple of well, times. And I, I'll tell you why he didn't beat any of them because he is very one-dimensional until the nah. Revenant. Well, I'll tell you why I say he's one-dimensional, right? If you watch, <coughs> do you know the, the, the iconic scene from The Wolf of Wall Street when he he, yeah. he gets the best acting in that is when he had that um, he was in the car trying to get back in the car. That that's <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, phenomenal yeah. acting. I love that scene. Great acting. But every film I see him in, he's an alpha male. He's quite a kind of like uh, handsome or a cute kind of character that obviously is a good looking guy he never takes on a role where he's not attractive apart from the Revenant and that purely was based yeah, on but... his uh, acting because the character wasn't even that likeable and I loved that that role was great he had to tap into another part of himself every other character he's chosen to play has been a likeable you're meant to like anyway um, charming kind of pretty boy of a character anyway and it didn't do him any favours because he didn't have to try that. Um, Inception was really good. The film was great, but... The, but the, see, the I, don't, I don't think he's a particular... I watched Inception again on Saturday night and he's not a particularly likeable character in that. Like he, no, he He constantly jeopardises mm-hmm. what they're trying to do No, I take that back in that, that one. Um, but most of his other um, like roles involves him getting really... Um, at once he's really emotional and angry and getting all kind of worked up and that's the, that's a typical DiCaprio kind of ism in all of his films that they all ask him to do that so it, for me it was just the same character over and over again and when I watched his films I wasn't like I said doing with Paul Newman watching the, I was watching DiCaprio that's what I felt and that's why I think he never won an Academy Award until The Revenant which he totally deserved because it's the only character he played where he's not a handsome he's not the character's not trading and they don't live or die by how he looks the way he acted was just great 
I think he never won because of who he was up against those particular leagues. Pretty sure one of them was Daniel Day-Lewis and there will be blood as well. Well, I don't think Daniel Day-Lewis was that good in that one. I always see that at cinema. Oh, and, you know, he's, it's one of the best acting performances I've ever seen in my life. Think so? I, I like him in Lincoln. In fact, Lincoln's coming up later in my wee uh, answers. Um, Lincoln was fantastic. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> um... And have you seen Dallas Buyers Club? Do you know that that is going to be the other one, the, the film that I want to see, but I haven't. No, I haven't seen it. I haven't got around to it. I mean, both. Have you seen it, Ryan? No, I've not seen it. No. What is it? Is like, it, is it, is it HIV has got and he starts selling drugs to get yeah, you off yeah. it. Aye, I've heard the premise. Yeah, he, he like runs this sort of illegal little club that oh. that he's so to give medicine to people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's excellent. But going back to my memento, like I, one of the th- amazing things about memento. Is how like and which sort of like grabbed my attention and just sort of blew me away was the fact that the movie starts at the end oh. and finishes at the start. I love films that do Spoilers. that. I love films that do that. Do you know what actually? Um, there was one of the ones that you asked. Where is it again? I don't. I don't know if you asked it, but I was like, I was waiting for you to ask it. A film. A film that had the best moral. Do you know when you watch a film like? Do you know like when you're a kid, the Billy Goat's gruff is like the, the moral is don't be greedy or don't be a troll or whatever it is and just take what you've got when you've got it and when you're the boy cry wolf you don't tell lies and stuff the, f- sure. the film that's got the best well, here's a question I'll just throw it to you guys right? I know it's in the spot I didn't give you it beforehand but what film do you think has got the best moral to it the best story and I've got one that I was, kind of, I was trying to fit in but I couldn't but I remember talking to my brother Struan about it when we went to see it we, we saw this in Amsterdam and it was for me it's the best moral of any film I've seen but what film for you then as a question has got the best moral that you walk away and just you take a message from it I can't really think the the f- film that comes into my head and I've had more time I could maybe think of something else is uh, oh, what's that Pixar film Inside Out tell you what well, I'll give you a bit of time and tell you what I was thinking I'd have put for that one go cool, tell me what you're thinking Limitless with um Oh, what's his name? Bad, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. Uh, I'm not saying it's a great film, right? But the premise of that movie was you can do what you want and try, but you you not get a shortcut to succeed in life. You have to put in the work. So that DMZ, whatever the hell the drugs called, whatever that that'll work for ten minutes or work for two weeks or three years or whatever. But it's the end of the day. You have to really, really work. And at the end of it, he's on the cliff. He's on the edge of the the the, the building about to jump off, and it. Kind of leaves you in suspense. Is he on the drug? Is he off the drug? But I loved the premise of that because I was watching it and I, when the film ended, sitting on the bus, I said, what, what was the message there? What did you take away from that? It went, oh, it was really good. Went, but what did you take away from that as a as a moral from like, the story? Because it's a clear message there for everybody. And I was like, I don't know. For me, it was just that idea of like, you just cannot take a shortcut. You just can't. You have to do it. It's just a great positive message. That's the whole way through it. Basically saying that it ruins your life if you try and take a shortcut. I'll just come back and get you. It's like a great moral. But I didn't have a question I could have put that in, so I just kind of crowbarred that in there, really, to be honest. It's all right. <laughs> you get an answer, Ryan? Hey. What is that? Is that, nah. is that a Chewbacca in the background? Aye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, nah, I can't think of anything offhand, to be honest with you, no. I, I, the reason I brought up Inside Out, I don't know, you've seen Inside Out? Do you watch animation films, Robo? Uh, nope, but I'm willing to be... <clears throat> quick premise that Inside Out is basically it's a, a wee girl who her family moves to California Boring. San Francisco no kidding <laughs> <laughs> and it's the emotions in her head that you 
that you see. That's that, that's what the movie's about: is sadness, anger, joy. Um, there's two more: fear and there's another one. I can't remember what it is. But it's kind of like I'm not really bothered. Kind of feeling apathy. Uh, yeah, maybe. And there's um, there's sad. She has sad memories, and they're kind of coming to the forefront of her mind, and so that the emotion, the joy, is trying to get kind of. Kind of want to get rid of the sad memories. Mm-hmm. They've lost a happy memory, so the sad memories are coming to the forefront. Right. But at the end of the story is, is just like it. It basically teaches you that it's okay to be sad sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like oh, it's aye. not. That's not. That's not a bad feeling to have. It's like what we do with that. Those sad memories or those sad situations once they happen. What do we do them? I think it's good, especially like if for like young people mm-hmm. or people who maybe struggle with mental health or whatever. I think it's a great movie to watch to see like these feelings are okay. That's we, great, we all mate. sort of have them. That's a that's a lovely message to tell people because you don't hear it enough. I think people see the 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 folk on the TV or the celebrity culture, whoever it is that they, they idolize, and and they've got the confidence, they've got the shoulders back, they've got the the success. And they don't see the chink in the arm. They don't see the self doubt they had. Yeah, yeah. And that's a great message if that's coming through in that film. So that's a cracking answer, mate. Yes, yeah, that's, that's really the good. Pixar and Pixar in general are generally quite good for messages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I should. Ah, nice. Cool. So the answer to the question but was yeah, mental. Yeah. But also, <laughs> what's good about you, you mentioned how like oh you might you might be angered by that, but I get why you've maybe not sat down on it because. I felt that before I watched it, I knew I had to be in the mood. I knew that I needed to sit down, like, mobile phone off, no distractions. It's not a film you can just put on in the background. It needs, like, your proper attention. Mm -hmm. But definitely get around to it. I will do. In fact, uh, if you have me back in the show, boys, I can watch it and let you know what I thought. We'll do a review. Deal. Yeah, I would be happy to watch it again and... The review. It's been a while since I've watched it. I'm a mental yeah, special me coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, we'll move on then. Um, so, you, what is your favourite scene that you connect to a song? Do you know it's between two, but I, I know my one. I'm going to tell you my in second place. In second place, we have uh, it's from the film, a, a little known film. Um, might also be my all-time favourite film. I don't know, but a film called Jaws, and it's the scene. Well, they're sitting, obviously, having a dinner. Show me the way to go home. <laughs> I'm tired and I want to go to bed. Doo-doo-doo-doo. So, yeah, that, that song there, was that was close to putting that in. But then, I never hear that anywhere else. Obviously, it's not going to come in the radio or whatever. It's not going to be in any other film. Sure. So, I didn't put it. And the one that always, no matter when I hear it, where I hear it, and I hear it quite a lot because I do listen to this kind of like 50s rock and roll stuff, and it's one of those ones that it does pop up more often than you think. It's Long Tall Sally by Little Richard. And I'm going to ask you guys, can you, can you, um, can you name the scene that I'm thinking of? Long Tall Sally comes blaring over a kind of, it's a boombox, like one of those old ghetto blasters. Sing it, sing it, sing it um, for me. Okay, it's a really high one. Um, oh, sing it's, it. It's, I'm, I'm trying to think of it. That's, uh, oh, I just thought, again, it's a, a really high pitch, kind of like, woo! And it starts... Um, Long tall Sally, she's so sweet, you got everything that Uncle John need, oh baby. Hey, hey, now baby, woo baby, have me some fun tonight. Oh. And then you've got Jesse Ventura turns and goes, 
I'm a sexual Tyrannosaurus. He spits out the chewing gum or the, the tobacco. Aye. What is it? <laughs> Predator. Predator. So it's that because it's so iconic because you see this, like that little Richard blaring away doing his high pitched notes and this kind of silhouette of the, the chopper going over the. the um, I don't know what the hell it is, some sort of Cambodian rainforest, whatever the hell that's set. And uh, these guys, go, the light goes red and they're getting their war paint on. You can see the kind of trepidation in the eyes. And this, this song's really upbeat and they're a bit kind of unsure what they're going to get into. It's a great song. But when I hear that, and I have heard it a couple of times, like I say, um, on radio or whatever it is, it's quite a big song. It just makes you think of uh, or just Jesse Ventura looking at a guy and going, I'm a sexual Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's good about it as well is like you can't really link it to any other movies. Like, is a lot of movies use great songs, but like seven other movies have used that song as well. Why? Oh, whereas I don't know, I can't think of any other movie that would have used that. Mm-hmm. At least not to the same effect. Oh, it's just iconic. For but again, I suppose it's subjective. To me, that's I always think Long Tall Sally, and I always think Predator. And it's just I just get the scene because I'm pretty sure it kicks in this the way it's done that the. As the first note hits, the light goes red and it just sets the tone and then you get the panoramic of the whole scene and the, the silhouette of the chopper going further into the unknown. It's just great. It's brilliant. I thought we might have got a wee Ghostbusters reference from you there, Robbo. Yeah. Uh, no, I've put a bit of thought into Ghostbusters too. Oh, higher and higher. Yeah, yeah Robbie, if you like, uh, get uh, Bruce Springsteen uh, higher and higher. You'll love it. It's just him and his band and they literally keep going higher and higher. The keys go... Well, higher and higher, that's great. So if you get a chance to listen, man, uh, I think you like Bruce Springsteen doing a cover of that. I do. I like that song, but mainly because I can picture the Statue of Liberty yeah. walking through New York. With the Wii, and it was with the Nintendo, in it? The Nintendo Joypad? Yeah. <laughs> 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 nice. Nice. Um, right, the next question then is a kind of more specific one to yourself. Um Back in the day, me, yourself, Brian, and my um, good friend Stuart Braden uh, used to do like a wee um, scary movie cinema club ourselves. Not cinema as such, but like watching scary movies in uh, your old house. Fright Night. Yes, Fright Night. That's a better way to describe what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, we uh, watched some scary films together. Me and Robbie sat on a couch, cuddling each other, yeah. with pillows to our faces. And then the film uh, came on. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so, what we want to know is, what is your favourite horror movie? Do you know what? I get, as you guys know, I love my horror genre. I love it. But what I don't, it's not a traditional horror um, that's like the kind of Halloween where the, the music gets higher and then you're told when to be scared. That doesn't freak me that much. Um, I think we watched the one with. Um, Ethan Hawke, remember? We watched Sinister. Jesus yeah. Christ. And and and, and, and the, the pictures on the screen were, were moving, remember? The guy was looking at them through Aye. the computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was none of that. There was none of the, there was none of the prompt. There was none of the suspense. There was none of that building you up to get... That just fucking happened. And you're like, whoa, <coughs> I didn't think that was going to happen then. Um, so I like those ones because if these things do happen in real life, which... I can I can believe I'm not saying I believe in ghosts, right? But you guys know that story at the golf course that I seen me and Derek saw something weird. Um, that's my best pal, in case you don't know. But um, we uh, we saw this guy who was. I mean, at no point did Derek say who. Who? Like, I'll go and speak to this guy because I thought it was somebody I knew. 
and then the guy just kind of vanished into nothing. And I just thought to myself, wait a minute, can we see things that don't that aren't there and such? But then got me thinking, you can hear things if you blow a dog whistle in a room. The noise exists in the room, but your ears can't pick it up. So maybe the apparatus can't access it. Maybe there's things that we can't see with our vision. So I love the idea of this things, not ghosts, but just things that can be seen. So the the two films that I chose are kind of on that basis of using your your own intuition and interpretation of the events. But the first one was Blair Witch Project. Okay. Now a lot yeah. a lot of folks say, "Oh, nothing, nothing happened. I didn't see anything. There's no jumpy bits." I thought it was the most terrifying film I've ever seen up until the number one that I'm going to give you in a wee second's time. But up until the next one, Blair Witch, the way it was shot, was just terrifying because, in fact, boys, you remember this? We used to, jump at school, and we used to like kind of get things in VHS and pass it around, remember? And you'd give it to folk and say, right, once you've read it or right, once you've watched it, pass it to so-and-so, pass it to so-and-so. <laughs> you read that VHS? Oh, I'm, I'm really good. <laughs> But, uh, so once you've, you've once you've watched it, pass it on, right? Uh, don't be wrestling, don't. But I remember somebody gave. I think it was Gary Gilmore. I've got a, a vague recollection. It's like Robbo, watch that. You'll be fucking terrified. But give it back, and I'll give it to so and so. So I did watch it, but obviously you've still got that back in the day when you're tracking in the video. It wasn't great. It was a hooky copy done in a, a, a cinema. It was black and white. It was grainy. And the acting was just pure, like genuine, the best you can kind of get, I suppose, like for a time like fear. Um, the terrifying things in that film where they, they go to bed uh, in a tent and they wake up with little cairns, little little bundles of stones strategically placed around the tent. They didn't put the tent in the middle of that by chance. Somebody had done something, somebody had done that during the night. Now, I don't know if it's a person or the Blair Witch, or what, but it's scary. And the scariness comes me, to me there through the powerlessness that they have. They have no control that if that person can spend a considerable amount of time building those little cairns of rocks, what else could they have done? They could have burnt the tent down with them in it. They could have attacked them. Um, it was the idea that somebody was there and you you couldn't deal with it. You couldn't interact. Uh, you had no power over that situation. And at the very end, I don't even know what happens, but it's just going to go into the, that shack, that house. It terrifies me even to this day. I don't even like watching it and they get lost in the woods. It's just the whole thing freaks me out. So Blair Witch. See, for Blair Witch, I'll just jump in there. Oh, yeah. Like it's got one of the, the scariest like scenes I think I, I remember for like and it's basically nothing, but it's just like the, the bit at the end with the guy standing in the corner. That's right. And uh, I I hate that bit so much. Like I I had to like again. I know nothing happens, but it's like I was like I need to kind of look away for this because it's making me feel very uncomfortable. What is it, Ryan? What is it that I know why I hate that scene? But what is it about that scene that you don't like? I think is you can't see the guy's face and you don't know what's going on. And again, it's it's all about the atmosphere and mm-hmm. um, it's no like about jump scares or anything. I'm I'm in the same kind of boat as you. Like I, I don't enjoy movies where all the I don't enjoy them as much. But like ones where the jump scares and stuff, I like ones that. Or all about the suspense and yeah. up a creepy atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if it would use like I. So when I watch, I'm, I kind of enjoy horror movies. The reason I don't is because I just get so stressed out watching horror films. But one of the things, like when you're talking about, like you don't really like that much going on. The reason I like when it, loads of stuff ha- starts happening is like I can relax. Yeah, true. Like see when it starts getting a bit ridiculous, I'm like, whoa, I can. I can start breathing again now. I'm not scared anymore because it's just silly. Uh-huh. Whereas, like what you were saying, Robo, about like when there's like there's no noise, there's just like one person. It's just like because you're you're 
like what I start, I'm like I'm the guy who's gone, what are you going in there for? Why would you why would you go in there? Yeah. Just stay out of there, you're fine where you are and get caught up in it. But then in Blair Witch though, you can't say that because they don't do anything that's a traditional like I I'm Guys, I'm going to go off on my own behind the abandoned house for a pee, right? We're back in two minutes. It's like, why are you doing that? You're dead, mate. But then, and and, and Blair Witch, you get none of the traditional stupid um, two seconds to ask this guy with no face to time, two seconds. And none of that nonsense you get from the old like horror films. It's just, I, the way I think about it is if I was in that situation, well, that's what I'd have done. And that terrifies me that you, that you can't control it. So, um, yeah, that scene for me, Ryan, actually is interesting. I find that terrifying because I think if I was the person, because it is handheld camera, so really you're, you're the camera holder. I would not go, if it was one of you boys, even though I love you to bits, I wouldn't go near you. I'd be, I, I would be terrified <laughs> at what state of mind you'd be in, what you might do, why you, why you think that the most rational thing to do is stand in a corner of a derelict building and face the wall. I would not want to have to interact. It terrifies me the state of mind that person must have been in. That for me is a true horror of that scene. I, I, I would not for all the tea in China go near that guy. <laughs> None of it. Not even one bit. No, I've got, I've got, I've got plenty of tea bags in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So what's your number one then? But I'll tell you what, I'll give you a bit. You can guess because it's in the same premise and Robbie, you said it. You, we kind of agreeing that we don't like the idea of uh, when the kind of the jock goes off himself to you guys are going the wrong way. I'm going this way. I'll see you in the house, and then you know he's getting killed first. That's the nonsense one. But this one for me, I, I actually gave me nightmares. I had to sleep. I saw it in South Korea. I had to sleep with the light on, and um, I'm not. This is true. Like, I'm not a, a, a scareable person. It, it would take a hell of a lot to scare me in terms of like to make me feel very uncomfortable with a kind of situation like that but this film did it uh, and it was based on the average everyday normal life but something else is happening any guesses and know. and again it's that idea of nothing really happens in terms of like, the Blair Witch like you don't really see the witch or anything you don't really see what's happening in this one but you hear things and it's very slow as well but for me it worked and it's now a big, kind of no, no, a big franchise. There's a lot of them. It's actually one of the most popular, I think. The Ring? No. Um, oh, um, got it, I think. the one where they set up the camera in the yes, room? Yes. It's Paranormal Activity. Just the first one, mate. Uh, the second and third. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan, but the first one it, it actually truly did disturb me. Um, I think the, the last 25 minutes gets a bit silly for me. Mm-hmm. Uh uh-huh. but you, I'd agree with you the rest of it and all that happens like the door opens yeah the, the sheep moves a little bit in the bed a shadow and just comes like, past the door uh, um, the bit that terrified me the most in that was because I, I watch cause I don't, I don't, you know you, you guys know this but I watch these programmes at Most Haunted and Ghost Adventures and I, I, in fact me and Fiona is away in one of these uh, the, the team from Most Haunted we've booked like a ghost hunt uh, down south somewhere and two of them are on it and I, I love this idea of otherworldly stuff because we're all going somewhere when we all check out but um, I'm not sure if we're going, going to even sit in a dark corner and scare people but um, the, the bit that scared me in that film it genuinely did actually petrify me was the idea of the, the audible and the physical vibration of whatever it was on the upper floor 
that ran towards that door and you can see there's nothing in the corridor and then it's the boyfriend that goes and closes the door and then the door gets something running into it. Um, and I think they go outside and check. It looks like a hoof or something was in the powder <clears throat> that was in the uh, upstairs landing. But to see physically nothing, but to hear yeah. the audible um, stimulus of that's something physically that has weight. I can't see anything. That that yeah. doesn't add up. That 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 automatically terrifies me because my senses are devoid of their regular function. That's freaky but as hell. It's just good movie making. Yeah. Like we spoke about it with Christopher Nolan that uh, when we did a Dunkirk review, his like Nolan kind of wants his audience to participate. Oh yeah, which makes the film better, and that's why the Paranormal Activity film, especially the first one, is really good because for the first hour or hour and twenty minutes, you're participating as well. Yeah. You yeah. have to make up some of the story. Yes, I think that's correct. You do. And so you, it's it's as scary as your imagination will allow it to be. Correct. Aye. And so for some people, it's for some people that's going to be really scary. For others, people are just going to be, "What is this? Nothing's happening." Well, do you know what that is, Robbie? It's Jimbo. those uh, crisps, the salt and shake that they give you the salt, and you, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's that one of those. Um, it can be as salty as you want it. Or it can just be a plain spud. Do you know what I mean? Uh, if if yeah. some folk go to cinema and they expect uh, things to happen to them, but a really scary film, Blair Witch done it for me. Paranormal Activity done it to me. You have to you have to put the salt in yourself and give it a good shake. Really get the imagination going and participate. And those two done it for me because, as you said, Robbie, there was none of that suspended anime. I wasn't in suspended animation in terms of, oh, well, who would honestly in the middle of nowhere. Uh, with three friends and they don't know where they're going, go off on their own in the woods. Who would do that? That that wouldn't happen. But in these films, nothing happened really that you could say. Uh, well, yeah, we'll yeah. take um, Paranormal Activity. Why oh, are they going to bed at half past 11? Well, that's just stupid. Don't they do that in real life? You know I mean, the whole thing's built around the average the average experience. It's just terrifying for me. Yeah. yeah. Good choices. Fact, what are you? I like this. Uh, I like the wee Sinister mention at the start. Oh, as well. that! Yeah. I, I find Sinister pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I would suggest I mean, just for a wee horror movie, just if you're looking for one to watch, yep. I don't know if you've seen it, but It Follows. Have you seen that? No, mate. Oh, that's really good. I, 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 is it on Netflix, boys? Because I've got that in the house. Oh, hey, maybe. I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, I may then get it from another reputable outlet. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> that's what we would advise. Thank you. No, it's it's good. It it's more of a. I wouldn't say it's scary, really. But it's more of it. It's more of the the thought of it that's scary. Aye. The, then the premise. It, it's really interesting. It's a. It's quite a clever horror film. I think. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, so. Go on, tell me more. So basically, the the premise is is that there's the there's this thing that if you say. You had a one night stand with a woman. Never. It it basically it, this this thing that follows you. It it's like a, a sexually transmitted disease, and so to get so basically you'll see this thing following you. Now it can look like someone you know. It could look like a stranger. It never runs. It only walks towards you. So it's quite easy to get away from, but it'll never stop following you until you pass it on to someone else. And now, once you pass it on. You need to get as far away from it as possible. I think I've had that. 
<laughs> you need to get as far away from it as possible so if you only pass it on to one person and then that person dies it's coming straight back for you why? so essentially 20 years later it could show up again I'm going to watch that that sounds really good actually it's, it's creepy I like it. it's more creepy than scary no, it's got like like a really good 80s vibe to it as well like the, uh, the, the soundtrack and stuff like that yeah. very good that's on our list boys it follows Yeah, review coming soon (laughs) (laughs) Um, right so the next question we've got for you then is um, given that you're a teacher of history that's correct um, we we wonder not a school or anything he just drops about (laughs) telling everyone about (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we wondered what your favourite historical movie was you were right to wonder boys Um, tell you what what were you wondering out of interest because I like this idea of it what do you think there's a couple springs to mind um, there's one just because I like one. Of, I used to love one of the wee quotes you used to do from it at high school. Um, I'm just going to go with Saving Private Ryan, though. That would be the other one I was thinking was Braveheart, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah, Braveheart's a good shout as well, right? Just the trouble with Scotland. It's <laughs> full of Scots. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Saving Private Ryan is on the list. It's like a game in it with Nick Knowles. It is on the list. <laughs> Um, in fact, do you, want to, do you want to stop there and take five grand, or do you want to have an wee pop for another one? Because it's not my all-time best historical movie. Mm. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Lord of the um, Rings is not on the list. The Life of Brian. No historical movie. That's fiction. <laughs> um, I, no, I went. I went with Saving Private Ryan actually, um, and. Yeah, that was actually the first film that I watched that I remember Mrs. Johnson and uh, Ryan, you know Mrs. Johnson, you were in the same class, remember? Yes. History. Robbie, Mrs. Johnson, remember? Do you remember her? Uh, she was, I she was think lovely. so. She was lovely. Um, she was a great teacher, but we actually, again, it's back in the days when you're passing the video around the school. Hoggy gave me a copy. Um, a good friend, shoot Hogg, shoot out Hoggy. And, uh, a legitimate copy or. Um, a non-legitimate copy. I refrain to comment based on incrimination <laughs> potential. Um, I don't know. It might have been a genuine copy, but non Hoggy, it's probably off the back of some van somewhere. Um, <laughs> but he gave me a copy, and I actually watched it, and I, cri- I actually cried watching it. I don't mind saying that. I, actually, I genuinely got upset watching it, um, and the bit that got me upset was when the guy was killed by the bayonet. He was... He was he was pinned. He was pinned yeah, down. He was, yeah. he was begging. He was begging Rough. for his life, and it's the very first war film that I watched where I thought, "I, I bet that's how it ha- I bet that's how somebody actually met their end, like begging with the person who's killing them not to push that any further in, and just it would be the most actually one of the most sinister deaths whereby the person who's doing the killing is consoling the person who's being killed, and it's 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 such a haunting. Uh, scene and I know for filmatic kind of cinematic um, impact they had the guy <laughs> on the stairs, but that that didn't bother me. It was the, the kind of the pure naked emotion of that was too much. Um, yeah, and it's almost like he doesn't want to kill. No, he doesn't. But it's kill or be killed. It's like I ha- I have to kill yeah. you. This is what we're doing now, sort of thing. And uh, I remember watching that, and then she actually said, "How did you?" And I didn't think of my answer was going to be because I didn't know the question was coming. But she went, "How did you feel when?" When you watched it, I remember I said I said I felt beat up. 
I felt it was I felt it was somebody that went like and just kicked me in the stomach or something. I felt genuinely unwell at the end of that mm. film because it goes back to the boy at Normandy crying at the grave of Tom Hanks' character. It's meant to be Matt Damon, obviously, but it's just something about it was really hard hitting because the acting was fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but there was none of that CGI nonsense that uh, that could, it could have relied on. It was all really gritty, hard-hitting, genuine people. And we know that guys did this. So it actually put a face and an emotion to an event that I'd always been taught about in black and white. And actually put mm-hmm. it really put emotion in it for me. I got upset watching that film. So Saving Private Ryan was that one. Um, but my favourite historical film of all time was another one I put in my list. Um, and I, I don't know if you guys have seen this. And if you haven't, you'll love to watch it. I'm sure it's called Inherit the Wind. No, Never now Spencer Tracy, who was close to making my list for best actor, um, but it's a courtroom-based uh, drama. This Gene Kelly, the guy from Singing the Rain's in it. Um, mm-hmm. It's quite a big cast. Another guy who you recognise as well. He's been in, um, I think he was in like Herbie and stuff like that. But you, you'll have seen him in a lot of things. I know it's Daffy Daffy Segway, but um, I know. But uh, so he's been in a few things. But you'd recognise him. But it's a true story that something did happen. It's not. Like Saving Private Ryan, where it's exactly, and uh, my other one is exa- exactly, but an event happened in the 1920s where a guy, in the, a, a teacher in the southern states of America, had the gall to teach his student the theory of Darwin um, and natural selection because in the southern states of America, obviously the Christian um, kind of doctrine is the, the school doctrine as well, and you have to teach Genesis and creation story, you can't have a parallel version of it, and he, he taught his students in biology class about um, the origin of the species and natural selection and all this stuff and he was arrested, he was put in jail and they called it the monkey trial and the two guys generally did have to defend and try and prosecute this guy but when you watch what happens in that courtroom it is absolutely fantastic. The reasoning behind Spencer Tracy, the logic behind Spencer Tracy, the conniving and the cunning manipulation of the other, of, of the prosecutor, because he's trying to get this guy off, how he how he eventually twists the case away from where it was going. And I won't give anything away because it's, it's a, there's a few big twists in it. It's just one of the most clever pieces of writing I have ever seen in my life but apparently it was true what happened but just uh, and that's what's called Inherit the Wind it's black and white it's one of those ones that a lot of folk would just bin it because it's just it's black and white and it looks crap but if you like a wee thinker uh, I think you like it guys uh, but Robbie you like your kind of moral philosophical stuff when you're do you know what I mean so I, I mean I love a courtroom drama as well so that sounds quite good to win. me uh, so yeah uh, Inherit the Wind but number one coming at number one gold medalist uh, it's uh, our friend Diane D. Lewis it's Lincoln Abraham Lincoln, um, as you know, I teach history. I, I tell kids a lot of quotes about stuff. Like if, if I have a, I don't know, a, a, a rubbish day, I'll hit out with a quote that I've heard that Lincoln said or Kennedy said, and they quite like it. <clears throat> and the amount of times I've used the, the Abraham Lincoln quotes in, in class, um, and this film came out, um, and it's, it's it's a very dry film. That's the thing. A lot of folk probably wouldn't like it. Daniel Day-Lewis, for me, it's his best role because... I think that's how Abraham Lincoln would have actually looked, sounded, and 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 had had been with his mannerisms. It's so on point from what I've read about Abraham Lincoln because his voice was very strange. Apparently, it wasn't what you think it would be. And Daniel Day Lewis does a very 
distinctive kind of haunted voice is what this guy apparently had. And Abraham Lincoln for me as well, kind of going to my history side, I've seen him. I've seen Abraham Lincoln. I've seen him in pictures at Gettysburg. I've seen him in pictures, but I've never heard him. And he's one of the first historical characters. Napoleon's as well, I suppose. I, I, can, I know what he looks like, but I'd never heard him. So to put that voice in during the film made me feel as though I kind of knew the man a bit more. <clears throat> but mm. uh, the actual film is great. It deals with um, the US uh, Senate and how Lincoln's trying to pass the bill to abolish slavery. And he has to pass it um, because <clears throat> as actually this actually happened in real history as well. A lot of folk don't know this, that the South at this point were very close to throwing the towel in and saying, do you know what? For all parties concerned, we have to stop this because, as the old saying is going, the house divided shall not stand. We have to stop this. So the South were very close to jacking it in. And Abraham Lincoln wanted to abolish slavery. But he knew that if the South um, surrendered, there'd be no appetite, there'd be no need to abolish slavery. So he had to keep, if you imagine with his right hand, he's keeping the Southern... Um, delegates away from Washington because they might one day say, Abe, look, we're going to throw in a towel, mate. Yeah, accepting that resignation. If he, if they say that and other people hear them say that, Abraham Lincoln can't go, yes, accepted. Now, shall we free the slaves? Because there's no desire or no need to. Abraham Lincoln had to make sure that the war was still going on and that that was his stick to beat the Senate with. Look, boys... The only reason this is still going is because we have slavery. They're enslaving African Americans and using them to fight against us. If we abolish slavery, they can rise up, become free and abandon their masters, free from any persecution, and we can win this war. So he was trying to use it as a double-barreled end slavery and win the war. So it's this kind of dichotomy of trying to keep the delegation far away and get what he wants through the Senate. And Abraham Lincoln is, in my opinion, one of the most astute minds the world's ever seen and how he balances these two are just fantastic and there's quite a lot of the quotes that I do like that he says um, it's just fantastic and there's a great quote that he said about democracy because somebody said to him Abraham like everybody hates you like the South hate you anyway because you're a Northern uh, Republican who tried to abolish slavery. Your own party hate you because you're you're losing you're losing a civil war and it's terrible. The uh, Democrats hate you because you're a Republican Everybody hates you. And he just kind of looked at the guy and he went, right, have a seat, I'm going to tell you something. You better listen and listen good. As as president, I'll please some of the people all of the time. And by that he means his, his closest advisors will always love him. Even if he does wrong, they'll love him. So I'll please some of the people all the time, he said. And I'll please all of the people some of the time with my decisions. So maybe it'll pass a bill that everybody likes for a couple of weeks because it's a nice thing. So I'll please all of the people some of the time. But what I'll never do, and you have to understand this, is I'll never please all of the people all of the time. And I accepted that a long time ago. And I just think that's so vulnerable a thing to say about a leader, possibly the biggest and most important leader in America's history anyway, because that country could have been divided in two had he not stayed the course. So that film for me, Lincoln, it's just amazing, great, and it just it adds a human to that black and white picture that I've seen so much. Nice. That was a very, very in-depth answer. Thanks for <laughs> You're welcome. Hi. Had a wee history lesson there. <laughs> I thought, I've never, I thought, never I seen I thought it I thought I heard snow in there. 
That was listening. No, so that's it. But uh, Lincoln, it's great. And let's say from having read his biography, um, it was one of the things about Lincoln. He was he was the most. What's the word? Do you know like we used to watch the wrestling and Stone Cold Steve Austin? He didn't even like the fans, but he loved them. Abraham Lincoln was like that with the people. He didn't try and curry favour. He didn't try and yeah. uh, and the Gettysburg Address is one of the most fundamental. It's one of the most powerful. I guess like ten lines ever uh, written in human history. And so when it starts like four score seven years ago, our forefathers held forth or whatever. And he and he's got a line in there that is self evident that all men are created equal. That line uh, is just so outstanding that the most powerful man in the world at the time said. It is a self-evident fact. It is self-evident that all men are created equal under God. And just to say that and to, to have the kind of balls to go, I know you don't like African-Americans because you're racist, but it's not even for debate. This is non-negotiable. It's self-evident. There's no truer a fact can be spoken than this, that every human being on this earth, and I suppose... It's before feminism, so he's saying all men are created equal, and that's of its time, but to be as profound as that and to say it when it wasn't popular and to be loved for it, it just shows you the measure of the guy. So it's for me, it's Abraham, it's Lincoln, Diana Day-Lewis is just brilliant anyway, so that's it, Lincoln. Nice. Excellent. That's a good good, um, good answer, even. Um, as I say, I've not seen it before. Robbie, you? No, I've not seen it. Either. Yeah, don't 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 get excited, boys, and think it's going to be like a like it's going to have scenes well, from the war. It is political, but that's a, I, I teach history and modern studies, so I love that idea of where power lies. But this man, honestly, if if you like your history and stuff, like this guy here is the the flag bearer for what you do when people are going through a tough time and how you stay the course in the face of all opposition. And it was his line that says, a house divided will not stand. And he got that he got that country back together when it was never going to happen unless it was him in charge. It's just interesting. But don't expect it don't yeah. expect it to be like like scenes from the Civil War and battles. It's nothing nothing like that at all, guys. No, that probably suits me though, because I'm a bit like you. Like I love political things, T V shows, movies, so enjoy that that sort of thing. I think I like it then. Yeah. Think with Daniel Day Lewis is I feel that like I've always got a I mean, I agree with you, Rob. I think he's the best actor of all time. But I feel I've got to like brace myself to watch a Daniel Day Lewis. Oh, you do. He's intense, man. He, he's he's really intense. Yeah. And I, I, and in this, there's a great there's a great scene when he's he's trying to get. He, I think he has to get two more delegates to pass the motion, and he's got his advisors the night before, and he says we're too short, and they're all fucking humming and hawing, and it raises, he's really softly spoken. That's why I like him. And he raises his hand and he smashes the desk. And he stands up and he says the line, Buzzard guts man, I'm the most powerful man on the planet, cloaked with immense power. Go and get me these votes and don't come back until you've procured them. And they look at him and he kind of gives them that, kind of Daniel Day-Lewis, but I suppose Lincoln as well is what he's trying to do, but he gives them that, don't don't even question this, get out of my sight. Look, it's just, as you say, it's quite intense, he's quite a... He's got that, isn't he? He had it with Billy Butcher. He's got that, especially as uh, uh, there will be blood. He's steely, steely eyes. You don't mess with. <laughs> but yeah, I'd get, yeah give a bit... it a watch. You think you like it? Nice. Well do. Yeah. What well was do. the other one called again? Uh, uh, Inherit the wind. Spencer Tracy and yeah. uh, Gene Kelly is a great actor as well. Actually, I know he's kind of more musical, but um, he's really good. And he's quite a charming uh, reporter, and this is quite funny. 
But I think you like it. Again, you, uh, it's, Robbie, you'd, I know it's up your street, but I think you like it as well. But knowing you, Robbie, you'd like that kind of, the, the, the moral issues that's brought up by that discussion in court. Cool. Nice. Okay. Um, so the next question we have is, what is your favourite movie of all time? Jaws. Next question. What? Yeah, uh, that yeah. So it's Jaws. I could I could go on forever, but I went on forever at the last question. Um, Jaws. It's just Jaws. It's uh, ever since as a kid watching it, I had I had two two videotapes that did not get scrubbed. Uh, one had like WrestleMania when The Rock fought Stone Cold Steve Austin. That never gets scrubbed. And the other one had Jaws on it and part of Cool Hand Look because I couldn't fit them both on it because obviously one had. Can I just? Uh... But in there and say, you were not quite a kid when The Rock fought Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, what's your point there, Robbie? Sorry. Oh, it's just because you said kid. Aye, 16, 17. I mean, <laughs> kid. I mean, I, watched, I still watch wrestling at that age, so I have no problem nah, with that. Nah. That attitude era oh, it's great. is the best. Um, but, it was, but it was Jaws. And um, what I love about Jaws, again, you touched upon this theme of you don't see that shark until halfway through. You don't really see that shark until um, the the false attack when the boy gets pulled out of the water with a cardboard fin, and then the actual shark goes, mm. and the girl's like, "There's a shark going in the pond," and Brody's like, "For God's sake!" And his wife's, and this is the thing: it's such a the characters are so believable. Brody and his wife—that's a that's a husband and wife to me. They are they are married in that film. Do you know what I mean? That they're, they're totally a couple. They're comfortable with each other. They be just everything about them and the family in that kind of film is smacked of genuine, ge- a genuine family atmosphere. So she kind of gives him the wee kind of she's holding the wee boy. She puts her arm and Martin, he's in the pond. Michael's in the pond, and he's like, oh, okay, right. And the kind of husband, he's like, oh, for God's sake, she's giving it this, and then he kind of dawns and he runs over and he sees and he deals with the whole thing. But you see the shark at this point; it comes out of the water and bites the guy. His leg falls down. You're an hour in, so so you you see the aftermath and the impact that it has on people, but you don't see the shark. So the shark was never the well, actually it was meant to be, but the thing kept breaking down. But the the way the film was created was better because if you've seen the shark the whole way through, I think you'd have lost the impact because you, you saw you saw the devastation this thing caused the woman that lost her boy. Uh, that, that was sad, seeing her kind of, with the veil, she's crying and she slaps Chief Brody and says, you knew that shark was in there, what are you up to? You should have told us because my only boy, the only thing I've got in this world that I care about, he's dead because you should have told me and the emotion of that is really hard hitting. Um, I, just, I, just, I think it's great and it's in two parts as well. You've got on the land at Amity Island and then you've got at sea when, they, when Quint, who's possibly one of my favourite characters in a film, just such a total character when they go to see and try and catch the shark you still don't see it um, there's so many things going on that just make that film for me just one of the, the best films that I think well, fact, I know for a fact it's not going to get surpassed it's not going to get surpassed as my favourite film so yeah Jaws oh really don't you don't you kind of hope it does though no I, 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 do you know if it did it would need to be something else but it's more than just the kind of impact it's more than just the wow factor of the, the movie it's does it's everything about it. It's I think it's got something about everything I love. It's got it's got the kind of the happy go lucky like Paul Newman character I was talking about. It's got Hooper, who's the kind of cocksure 
guy that knows how to deal with this from the Oceanographic Institute to come and deal with it. It's got that lovely family, homely atmosphere with the chief police and his wife and they're, they're just humble folk that deal with the issue. And Martin Brody's a great character because he's very, very modest, but he's a really strong character, though he's kind of quietly, he's a chief, chief of police, so he's really authoritative, but he's very, very modest with it. Uh, you've got mm-hmm. Quint, who's just totally the complete opposite of what Brody is he's the kind of look at me listen to me I'm going to make a joke I'm going to sing inappropriate songs and he's just he's such a you can't ignore him uh, the rivalry he has with Hooper they hate each other um, the fact that the shark the, the, and I, oh, I know I said that I hate films that prime me but they're doing it doing it doing it doing it when it gets faster and faster that's when the shark hits halfway through that's turned on its head when he's chumming it try come chum some of this shit and he throws it in the water and then the shark comes up from nowhere you're not primed you're not told to expect it from the song that all all bets are off this is going and it comes back in and does the line you're gonna need a bigger boat and then from there it's just mayhem I love it Jaws not so much two or three in that but Jaws <laughs> Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah, it's a good choice, I think. Uh, it's n- never been on any of my lists, but it's one of those films I think I could sit down and watch any time. It's really good. It is. And, uh, yeah, so it's the idea of the imagination as well. You've got the, the barrels, apparently, uh, the story with the barrels was they, they used them to signify the shark because they couldn't get the actual shark to work enough of the time. Mm-hmm. But I think that's got more of an impact because you know it's there, but it's like that thing you said about if it follows. It's a haunting shadow of a thing that is not always visible, but you, it's omnipresent. When, when the barrel's there, the shark is somewhere beneath, and I find that mm-hmm. I find that scary to know it's there, but not see it. If that makes sense, then continually have it because if you know where it is, you know where you can be to be safe. If you don't know where it is, but know that it's there, that just adds a whole new element of fear. So. There's just there's something mm. about. It. I still watch it and get a kind of primal fear of the, of the the shark in it. Uh, and at the end, the terrifying bit when he's the, the ship's getting uh, the the boat's getting lower and lower, and it's like smile, you son of a bitch. When he just the whole thing's tense. I love it. Yeah, I, I, I've seen that film. I know all the lines. I know what comes next, but I love it. Nice. Yeah. Good choice. choice. I think. Yeah. Aye. Um. Okay. So final question. Um, so what we're looking for you to do is to produce a movie for us so tell us who you would have directed who you cast in it um, you can have as many people as you want but we want at least two people and uh, what genre would it be do you know, I was thinking about this I was just trying to think mate, are you kind of like, I, I always kind of liked uh, like hearted films so something like a, kind of, a musical would be good um, I don't know like kind of, of a twist kind of take on like the life and times of Adolf Hitler or something uh, would be <laughs> hilarious no, I'm kidding. Um, no, I just I think something historical, obviously, kind of what I like. Um, I, I watched something recently, uh, Gunpowder. You see that guys on the uh, BBC? I never watched it, but I know. No, but that's good things about it. Yeah. It's really good. It's about Guy Fox, and um, I just like it. I like that type of history. So um, I, I would like a film based on that, the Guy Fox story. Um, and I don't know. It's, I suppose that like a Spielberg to direct it um, would be good. Uh, but but somebody again like like uh, maybe the older Spielberg, not the kind of like the recent one who's doing different things. I'm not really a big fan of like 
what's that Shepherd thing that he's done recently? And I'm not a big fan of his most recent stuff, but the kind of classic Spielberg, something like a kind of historical thing based on something that's not so well known. Um, maybe the idea of like a like a, a a guy Fox and the kind of the, or Henry the Eighth would be. I think Wolf Hall really caught my imagination as well. And Henry the Eighth, I I can't believe there's not a film in recent like um, incarnation of his life. Uh, Damien Lewis played him quite well in Wolf Hall, but I think like, what they've done with Churchill with um, Gary Oldman. Uh, no, I'm, we're going to see it actually really soon because um, yeah, a big fan of Churchill, and I think mm. a Henry VIII biopic. I really just, just in the modern um, style though, or like a um, this kind of the, the kind of Guy Fox, uh, Robert Catesby plot to overthrow James the the sixth, James the first would be good. A bit done in the modern, all the not big CGI that it takes over, but the CGI that makes the unimaginable come to life again, like London back then, yeah. um, or uh, I suppose for Henry VIII, the kind of parts of the kind of country he lived because he wasn't always in London. Uh, he had different palaces, but um, yeah, a historical one on that. Spielberg directing it. Uh, a lot of folk I like. Um, <clears throat> I like Tom Hardy in it somehow because I think he's fucking amazing. He, yeah, I like him. Really have you good. seen the, guys? You seen that one? Uh, Lock. He's in a car. Ah, he's so good. In it. Hello, brilliant. Ivan Locke. Yes, I know. Aye. He's he's the most boring Welsh guy you've ever met in your life, but you really feel for him. I mean, the, the amount of times he says, "But that is my decision. I have made my decision. I am going through with this. I'm going to see this woman." Basically, that, that he is just. He was great in the thing to boo as well. That's why I watched that every week and I started watching things he's been in so I like Tom Hardy in it because I think he's a proper actor I don't I, yeah no he's he, I think he's it's not going to be long until he's picking up best actor awards. yeah he, he got one did he get best supporting did he best supporting for nah he lost oh, that did year he? did he not lose to was it Mark Rylance that year oh right? I bet it'd be nice for uh, Bridge of Spies I think right. so. If that was the same, because Matt Rylance won for Bridge of Spies, I'm sure that was the same uh, year. Mate, so it rings a bell, actually. But no, so I'd have uh, I'd have Tom Hardy in it because I like Tom Hardy um, <clears throat> as an actor. I put in here Kit Harrington. I've never seen Games of, Game of Thrones, but I really liked him in that uh, Gunpowder. I just thought it was a really compelling, especially for, if it's one of these period dramas. I think he'd be good in it. And it's funny you said Mark Rylance because he was in Wolf Hall. I think I'd like him. Yeah, he was really good in that the other Bolin girl as well. Um, so something like those kind of um, actors because they seem to do pretty well in those period pieces. So yeah, a, a big biopic and not obviously a bit of boring, a bit of history, but maybe Henry the Eighth um, or the kind of Guy Fox gunpowder plot, which I think is just great history. It's a great story as well that. It's a funny one, like I say, it's, it's, so, it's such a big impact on people in this country now that we all go and do it on the 5th of November, but we don't walk there and realise that we are supporting the subjugation of Catholic people in the country. That's what we're effectively, not we're not actually physically saying, oh, we hate Catholic folk, but that's how that originated. It's to remind us that we remember, remember yeah, yeah. The, the Catholic uprising tried to overthrow a Protestant Stuart government and they didn't like it so they burned the effigy every year to scare anybody else from thinking about it and we still do it in 2018 but yes we're going to see the big bang from the fireworks but I just love that, I love the fact that it's dogma and we we criticise other countries and things they do but we do as silly things but don't question ourselves so I think that would be a nice one to bring back into public consciousness 
Since you're a wee history guy, did you know that um, Kit Harrington is a direct descendant of... Um... I read it, I was really intrigued by it, and he is, that's why he took the role, that's why he made it happen. Um, and I like that I like that story because the way it was portrayed as well, it, it was from the Catholic side. If you, if you watch Gunpowder, it shows you the hell they went through just because of their faith. Uh, at a time when mm. the Reformation had happened and and Britain was becoming Protestant, uh, you could not, you actually couldn't be a Catholic um, priest. That's why the uh, big estate houses and castles had things called priest holes. You had to hide your um, your religious regalia and things like that. You, you couldn't be a priest if they caught you as a priest, they would kill you. And um, yeah, that that actually became too much. And I love the I love the idea they went to Spain and asked Spain, and Spain said no. And Spain eventually kind of double crossed them. It's just it's, it's so big, but again, it fits into the story of how we live our life today. But yeah, huge big thing uh, that one. So I, I'd Spielberg doing it, Tom Hardy in there somewhere, uh, somewhere. Mark Rylance, Kit Harrington, the big hitters. I think that's nice, pretty, yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. I would watch that. I don't know how I feel. The only one I don't don't know how I feel about is the Kit Harrington. Yeah, well, have you seen Game of Thrones, mate? Is that what you're basing it on? I've seen more. I've seen more. See, I, I, I've never yet. seen it, so I don't know if he is good in that. But I was, I was really taken by him in um, Gunpowder, and he had as a character anyway a, a connection with the story. And I think it's because his family lived it, and the emotions seemed a bit more raw. So I was really impressed. I was really yeah. impressed with the acting in it because when people are taken from the stately house. He's playing a descendant from his family, so he's seen somebody that his descendant loved being dragged away and to be definitely killed because of their faith. Yeah. So it just felt really strong. Like the, the emotions felt really good in terms of like genuine. But it's, 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 yeah. I've never seen Game of Thrones, mate. So I don't know if he's just really bad and everything else and good in that. But it's not. It's not. It's not that he's bad. I just not his biggest fan. That's uh-huh. all. I don't. I don't really have feelings about him either way. If that makes yeah. sense. Uh, Tom Hardy, big fan. I think Tom Hardy's excellent. He's a big smooth guy, isn't he? Ah, uh, he can be, but he can be quite an ugly character as well. That's what, that's what oh, I like about him. He can be quite a kind of... <coughs> um, I don't know, just like... He changes, he's very chameleon-esque. Like, Daniel Day-Lewis, that Bill the Butcher character is nothing like um, the character from... Um, or Lincoln or my left foot he's just, he's just different yeah I mean he's a, he's a different he is a different breed of person though Daniel Day-Lewis in terms of the way I mean there's method actors and then there's like does, Daniel does, Day-Lewis does he when he, live like, like literally live yeah, as yeah, well, when, when he did um, it was either Gangs of New York or I think it was actually I think it was There Will Be Blood that he helped build the set but he only used tools that would have been available yeah, at that time, like you had like special tools designed that were the same as what people would have used then. I, I, it's but just it's crazy as well because people would go. To what extent should you have to go to be an actor? But then, if he's doing that, and when you watch him, you just believe. I mean, as his characters, he could convince you water isn't wet. That's how good he is in those roles. That he, everyone should take a leaf from that book and immerse himself. I think Keith Ledger was close to doing it until he. Popped his clogs. He was great as Joker. Apparently, he he was living that role, and you can see something a bit different with that character with him. Oh, he's unbelievable. As a uh, there's a scene you probably know. It's a mine's kind of common things, but a scene was, was clapping something that happened, and it wasn't it wasn't uh, it happened. It was it was, uh, it was yeah, and yeah. it's a lot of that. Like 
he's got a script, but he's not saying he's thinking the Joker wouldn't sit and listen to that and listen in. He would, he would react like this as that is. Yeah, and that's, yeah. You can you can see that with that character with him and um, that scene that scene's amazing as well. When he, it's when commission, it's when the mayor calls Gordon Commissioner Gordon for the first right. time. So it's essentially his promotion, and he starts his slow clap like just. And they and they all look at him, don't so they? Good, and man. that's obviously not not meant he, to be he, done because they're looking, but it just it works so well. He claps like a crazy person as well, though. Yeah. It's just, do you know? My favorite scene is the way, like, it's when he's dressed up as a nurse. Yeah. And the way, just the way he's walking out of the uh-huh. hospital, he just looks like a maniac. Do you know who I think, if it was made years ago, would make uh, would be a similar character? Mel Gibson would have made a good Joker because he's very nuts and like lethal weapon. Real life. Oh, real okay, fucking. He's bananas in real life, but like uh, acting wise, like Riggs and Lethal Weapon has the same kind of um, almost split personality disorder that the Joker has at times. I, I, I think he'd be a good one. My, yeah, maybe. My, my my problem with Mel Gibson is, and I don't have like, as an actor. I think he's generally quite good. I think he's an excellent director. Oh, it, it's sometimes he's a he, he overacts a bit a bit sometimes. From in my opinion, anyway, like. Just a wee bit over the top for mm-hmm. me, not not to to the extent where it's annoying, just to the extent where I kind of notice it a wee bit. What 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 are you thinking? Uh, yeah, what ones? I think just like in like uh, the Patriot, or even like even the way like seeing Lethal Weapon uh-huh. when he has his wee breakdowns and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I just I don't know. A wee bit overacting. Ah, I see that. I can see that. Just a wee bit more like, yeah, I can see the... Well, you can white, see the... He's dead white eyes, he does. I mean, maybe you can Panic. see the kind of... What's the word? <laughs> the, kind of the, you can see the, the mechanics of the actor coming there rather than being natural. I know what you mean. Yeah, but in general, he's, he is good at acting. Like, I don't have a... I just don't... I don't know if I'd see that as the Joker. Oh, well. No, I, I just... There's a couple of things that he did that I'd seen with the weapon. Like, it must have been after it. I just thought... He's it's, it's a bit when he's in, he jumps off the roof and then he goes and Danny Glover drags him into the room and the, the old abandoned whatever it is and he says, just fucking shoot me then, go pull, 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 pull the trigger, pull the trigger. And he, he's, he did it and he put his hand and his, the bit between his thumb and his his uh, index finger, the bit of kind of web almost of skin there, it, that's the only thing that stopped that getting primed and killing him. And I just think that, that, that is a good scene that I could, but anyway, I just, a hypothetical. Would be, uh... No, it's cool to do that. I like doing that. But, so, um... what, uh, what films are you boys looking forward to this year? Anyway, uh, I'm going to see. Um, we're going to see the Churchill, and of course, she's wanting to go and see the the new Fifty Shades. So we'll watch the other ones, and we'll go and see. Uh... I can't know, but I've, to, to be uh... honest, I, 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 I've not seen them, so um, we'll have a, I'll have a look. Fair enough. But uh, what's coming out this year, guys? Um... Looking forward to. For me, for and I imagine Ryan's is the same, but our number one movie is The Avengers. Mm-hmm. Big time. Um, there's a few. There's a lot of Oscar stuff coming out in the next few weeks that I'm looking forward to see. I, I want to see all the Oscar best pictures and as many of the actor dominated movies as possible. Uh, the post is out this weekend, uh, February. We've got Lady Bird. Oh, who, uh, who's, uh, what's that? Is that a historical thing? No, who's that? Who's Lady Bird? The post, the post is the post is about um, the New York Times and the Washington Times. Aye, that's uh, Tom um, Hanks and Meryl Streep. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've already seen Churchill. I saw that last weekend. Do you know, this is the quote, and he said it as well. It's like you can't negotiate with a lion when its head's in your mouth, or whatever it is. He's a great. <laughs> you can't negotiate with a tiger when your head is in its yeah, mouth. It's so, good, and and he's like he has best actor in the bag Aye. this year, and uh, like to, and like the I think Gary Oldman said it himself on the Game Norton show that. Do you know how when, when people wear like sort of fat suits or they're dressed up to be older? Mm-hmm. Like it's good, but you can tell. I like, was astounded by how you looked in the This trailer. is the. Yeah, this is. You can tell when you see sometimes when it's, you just look at his eyes, you can kind of tell it's Gary mm-hmm. Oldman. But like this is the standard he, now. But he's actually a really good actor. He, I watched Jeff Jeff oh. recently, and he was he was Lee Harvey Oswald to all intents and purposes. He had, he had the, yeah, the hairline was he was willing to let the hairline go back and thin at the top, and he's not got. I think he has got hair, hasn't he, in real life? But huh? I I actually yeah, yeah. thought he was baldy because I'd seen him in a couple of things where he was bald, and I thought maybe he was wearing wigs like Sean Connery does for the films. But he's the opposite. He'll go baldy and ugly and things. But uh, I like him as an actor. Oh no, he's, he's he's brilliant. I mean, he was talking about how like he got nicotine poison from the cigars. Like, from Churchill. Yeah. yeah. What was the uh, what's Ladybug, mate? Is that what's that about? It's a coming of age thing, oh, I right. think. Um, I don't. To be honest, I don't really know the full story. The reason I want to see it so much is that it's the it holds the record on Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes is like one of the main rating systems for movies. It holds the record of the like for a hundred percent. Now it's not a hundred percent anymore. The, the way the records work is like how many people vote on it before it drops below a hundred percent, and this got up to like a hundred and seventy-two people voting. Uh, the previous movie was Toy Story one or three. I can't remember which one, but people are saying it's a, it's unbelievable. It's a great movie. Um, Shape of Water comes out in February, which is a uh, 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 Del Toro. Movie, it's about it's kind of like a, a simplistic synopsis. Is it's like an adult version of Beauty and the Beast. It's not the same story, but it's like a woman falls in love with this sort of sea creature, yeah, a, almost human-like sea creature. But right. it's, um, but the the CIA or the government are keeping it hidden, and the people only might know about it. They're going. I don't know if they're going to use it as a weapon or experiments or whatever. But and she's just a cleaning lady that. That then falls in love with it. It's that's tipped to win best picture this year. What's it called? Shape of Water. Shape of Water. Oh well, I mean, give that a wee watch. Is it out yet or no? It's out in a couple of weeks. Uh, I think it's out in the sixteenth. Is it sixteenth of February? I think so. uh, It's pretty soon. There's an unlimited. I mean, I'm going to see it on the thirtieth because there's an unlimited screening. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you know that, Ryan. Yeah, I've got the big. I told you about it. Oh, did you? Oh, there you go then. Um, what else is coming out, Ryan? Uh, I don't know. Obviously, because I'm a wee bit confused as to why Stuart's asking of this, since he was obviously listening to one of our previous podcasts when we done our most yeah, when we did so. our, our 2018 review. Uh, yeah. uh, um, well, so. gents, sorry, just to just for the listeners, uh, I had a wee bit of a, a, a knock in the head recently. I've actually got a wee bit of short term memory <laughs> loss. Um, so things that I've heard, like other podcasts, I have heard, I actually have forgotten. That's what. Uh, I, I, thanks for embarrassing me, Ryan, in front of all your listeners. But um, just, I just, I was just trying to kind of balancing boys. I'm now a bit of a vegetable. I just thought I'd just say, oh, just what's the best films coming out? But yeah, I'm, I'm a spastic. Um, there's one coming out 
in February that looks quite good called, is it Red Sparrow, the one with Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah, I, but I'm not really bothered with that one so much, personally. No, fine, it'd be like that. No. I will. Uh, I think you enjoy. I think you enjoy Churchill. Oh, Rumble. I will. I um, think I will. Aye. Did you see Dunkirk? No, I haven't seen Dunkirk, and uh, I think it'll be good. To be honest, Christopher Nolan. I'm pretty sure he'll somehow fucking weave physics in there somehow uh, to Dunkirk. He, he, he doesn't. He doesn't do that, but he does Nolan. Uh, it. Do you know what I mean? Is it, is it just me or does Christopher Nolan have a hard on for physics? Doesn't he? <laughs> he does, doesn't he? Inception. I don't think it's necessarily physics. It's just he likes a he likes a sort of twist sort of thing. No, it's, like, mate, it's physics. It's, I've actually read something about it. If you watch uh, no, Interstellar, is to do with space time, uh, the bending of space and time, and how gravity is affected through space and time. And it's one of Einstein's biggest principles that he had to try and deal with. And for some reason, Christopher Nolan seems to be trying to do it through film. Um, and well, uh, Interstellar. That purely deals with other dimensional um, versions of reality, and it's all to the like, the the nanosecond. True, that idea of going to the different planet and time speeds up and slows down. And uh, it's, I think it, it's well, he he lost a lot of people though with the fourth dimension stuff that he threw. Well, in. it's actually it's, believe it or not, it's actually well going inside the black hole. Nobody knows. But it is, it's conceivable. Yeah, sure. Everything he put in that film, because I, I think I said this, I was reading a couple of books years ago about physics and uh, string theory and stuff, and everything he wrote about, uh, it was, or he, he um, created the film about, was true. Like, the faster you go, the slower time goes, and uh, the further away, the, then the, the slower time will travel and it will speed up at the point of origin and stuff. This is all like Einstein physics and like, um, relativity based physics and then he goes into the, mm-hmm. the he tried to go into the idea of quantum mechanics and what happens at the molecular, the molecular level but it just I don't know it just seemed like he was trying to give us a physics lesson through Matthew McConaughey but it was a good film though. yeah good. I mean in, it, time certainly plays a part in, in this film but we better uh, maybe wrap this up this is almost two hours long <laughs> uh, this is an extra special two, two episodes <laughs> yeah yeah, so on that note, Robbo, thanks very You're much welcome. Um, for coming on. Loved it, generally, because obviously we've ended up doing a podcast for almost two hours. How long are they meant to be? Um, How long are they meant to be here? We're generally about an hour, an hour and a half, aren't we, Ryan? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. well done. Thank you. Um, but that was great. Uh, and if we, maybe later on this year we can all work out one week when we'll watch Memento we'll have you back on for a chat that, yeah. that sounds fantastic gentlemen so thank you for having me on alright uh, guys remember you can follow us on Twitter at MoviePodders and on Instagram at MoviePodders thanks very much for listening and again thanks Robo bye bye <laughs>